How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 24 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and today we're going to talk about some spring training news, obviously, because we're in uh, the throes of spring training. And then uh, we're going to talk about, you know, the injury news with Stephen Biscotti and how that void could be filled if it does uh, bleed into the regular season. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go on with all of that. Uh, first, obviously, we got to go with uh, plugs. So please follow us on Locked On A's on Twitter. Uh, me personally at ByJasonB on Twitter. Or if you have a question about the Oakland A's or anything, uh, email me at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So uh, those are the social media places you can reach us. And uh, please do that. Also, while you're, you know, searching your computer and stuff, uh, follow the podcast, uh, subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating and a review if you listen to this on a place that lets you do that. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated, and uh, really, thank you for those that have done that. I, I do sincerely appreciate that. Uh, it, it makes my heart happy, so thank you for that. Um, all right, so the A's lost again today, this time to the Cincinnati Reds. Um they won yesterday's game, Thursday's game, uh, but I did not record on Thursday. Uh, I am recording late because I worked a 10-hour day yesterday. Uh, that's beside the point. Anyways, so they lost today, and so now they're 2-6 and six in spring training. No big deal. It's fine. Uh, none of the regulars really played today. They had Mike Fire start the game, and then some uh, young hopefuls uh, follow him for a couple innings each. With uh, They had Grant Holmes and Daniel Gossett and James Caprillion. Uh, each throw two innings, as well as Mike Fires' uh, two innings. So, you know, uh, there was no Semyon, no Chapman, no Wilson, no Chris Davis, no Mark Canna, no Ramon Laureano. None of those guys. Uh, so, yeah. Probably going to lose that game, right? It doesn't matter. I'm just saying. It's fine. Um, so... Mike Fires started the game, and he allowed five runs over his two-plus innings of work. Uh, he allowed those five runs on four hits, three walks. He struck out a batter, and uh, he allowed a home run to a guy that I had not heard of before. But he has uh, he has three home runs this uh, spring training so far, so maybe he's got some pop. Um, Fire said after the game he was working on a slider, which is the same pitch that I was working on when he got let up for a few runs the other day. Um, Maybe I should actually look into this a little bit and see if uh, there's something from the coaching staff that's like, hey, we need to throw more sliders, guys. Um, Mike Fires doesn't really throw a slider. He threw it like 1% of the time last year, according to Susan Slusser. And uh, yeah, that's not a lot of a lot of sliders. So he was like, yeah, I'm going to work on my slider because screw it. He, he had a good first inning. Second inning, sliders. Um, so he threw one slider that wasn't very good to, to Jose Garcia. Uh, he is the Reds' number nine prospect. He is a middle infield uh, prospect, and he bats from both sides of the plate. So that's all you need to know about him. Uh, he threw one slider, and Garcia yanked it foul, but it was a towering shot. And then uh, he threw the same pitch, which was, again, not a good slider, and he drilled that one for a home run. So that was two runs right there. And then uh, he started the third inning after giving up those two runs. And the third inning started walk, single, wild pitch, double. And then uh, Grant Holmes came on, and he allowed a couple of unearned runs in his two innings. Uh, mostly all the damage was done in that third inning because he already had, you know, uh, guys on base. So he allowed all three of those runs to score. And then there was a uh, fielding error by Sheldon Noisy, which accounted for the 
unearned runs that Grant Holmes uh, gave up. Holmes ended up going uh, two innings with uh, allowing two hits, the two unearned runs. Uh, he walked a couple of guys and he struck out a couple of guys. Uh, after him was Daniel Gossett, who was fine. He went two innings, gave up two hits, he walked a batter, and he struck out two. And then uh, James Caprillion had the seventh and the eighth. Uh, the Reds were the home team and were winning by a bunch, so they didn't have to pitch in the ninth. So that was nice of them. Uh, James Caprillion went two innings, gave up four hits and three earned runs. And he walked a batter, struck out a batter, and a lot of home run. That home run, inside the ballpark home run. So that's fun. Um, in the seventh inning, he went fly out, ground out, fly out. So he was fine in his first inning of work. And then in the eighth inning, he went walk, single, inside the park home run. And then ground out, single, fly out, single, strike out. Um, so, you know, mixed bag, obviously. Uh, the takeaway is Mike Fires was working on a slider, which led to some trouble. Uh, and as he told Susan Sluster after the game, didn't look great. So maybe he's not going to be throwing sliders anymore. He said that he wanted to use his, not like a trick pitch, but something that could like surprise hitters a little bit and keep them off balance. So we've seen the A's take some shaky outings on the mound uh, this week and in general because they've been on the receiving end of some blowouts. But uh, I feel like in the next week or two, we're going to start really seeing what the A's have moving forward uh, heading into the 2020 season because right now they're working on stuff. You got Manaya and Fires both said that they were working on sliders when they got hit around a little bit. But I think that as the season gets a little bit closer, we're going to start seeing guys not fooling around with like new pitches and whatnot unless they have something that's working for them. Um, and they're going to just start going after hitters and start really trying to build up that that arm strength and uh, trying to go, you know, that four or five innings into a game and uh, be efficient and effective and do what they can from there. Uh, so we're going to see less, it was my slider that I don't throw's fault and more, yeah, I didn't allow a hit. So uh, it'll be a good time. So that's what we have to look forward to in the next couple of weeks, obviously, uh, because the 2020 A's are amazing and everybody loves them. So for this weekend, the A's got some split squad games. Uh, they're going to be in Las Vegas playing the uh, Cleveland Indians uh, a couple of times. And then they're also going to be at home in Hohokam uh, for one game on Saturday. And then they'll be in Kansas City or playing Kansas City. Uh, in surprise for another one. Uh, I haven't been to spring training in a couple of years, but the surprise ballpark was, uh, it's quite fun. I like it there, especially if you get a seat under the shade. Ooh, yeah, that, that's that's how you watch a baseball game right there. Uh, all right, so anyways, um, tomorrow in Hohokam, I believe it's the Hohokam starter, would be Paul Blackburn, because I think that they're sending all of, you know, the regulars to uh, Las Vegas to try and build up excitement for uh, their AAA ball club. So that would lead me to believe that Sean Manaya is the starter uh, in Las Vegas. They're both listed as starters. I'm pretty sure that Manaya is the Vegas starter. Paul Blackburn is the Hohokam starter. And then uh, on Sunday, you got uh, Jesus Luzardo. Uh, he's starting in Vegas. That one's for sure. I know that one. And then uh, the one in surprise is to be determined. So we'll see how that goes. They might just go a bunch of relievers and have them all pitch one inning and go from there. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the A's perform over this weekend because three of those four games are against Cleveland and they're both going to be split squad games. Uh, so each team will have, you know, their own assortment of players that they want out there. Uh, Cleveland is not going to have any home games in this whole series. 
uh, because they got one in Hohokam and then two in Vegas. So it's not like they're going to be holding their starters in reserve for their own home fans. Um, so it'll be an interesting little test. Uh, I know that Cleveland isn't quite as good as they have been in the last few years, but it, it, it'll still be a fun little thing for like Luzardo and P- uh, Puck's not going to pitch for Luzardo and Manaya and some depth options. Uh, obviously, second base and catcher uh, uh, battles are going to be interesting to watch in this one. So this weekend is a nice early test for some of the A's that are hoping to make the team and uh, or make the team at some point this season. Uh, put a good impression on for the coaching staff for future seasons. It, it'll be a fun weekend for them. Um, so yeah, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll talk about uh, Stephen Biscotti's latest injury news and how the A's could replace him if he's going to miss opening day. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all of the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On A's is a great way for your local business to reach passionate A's fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with A's fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, so on the injury front, uh, Sean Murphy is still scheduled to make uh, his first appearance in Cactus League games on Tuesday. Uh, he's been playing it slow as he recovers from off-season uh, knee surgery, so it's to be expected. He's doing okay. Uh that could come into play here in a minute, uh, according to something that I read on The Athletic, but uh, I'll get into that in a sec. Anyways, uh, so the big news from today on the injury front was that Stephen Piscotty is now shut down because of his uh, rib injury. The MRA uh, showed that it's actually gotten a little bit worse, so they're just shutting him down so that he can heal and be ready for whenever it is that he's ready and able to play. Um, so they have not ruled out that opening day is a, opening day is still a possibility. Uh, but they're not, they're probably not going to push him to make the opening day roster, uh, for reasons that I will get into here in a sec, but you know, they've got outfield depth options. They've got guys trying to make the roster. They don't necessarily need Piscotti to open the season. They'd really like him, you know, in like May or later or, you know, May and on, but, uh, they don't really necessarily need him on opening day per se. So, you know, they do want to get out to uh, a hot start, but they'd rather have a healthy Piscotti for five months out of the season than a decent Piscotti for six. So that's fine. So they're probably going to slow play it, and my guess is he's not going to be on the opening day roster. They'll they'll put him on the IL and let him take his time a little bit because this team has depth. So which parts of that depth are they actually going to use to Phil Piscotti's role if he is going to miss opening day. Um, he has predominantly played right field. So what I imagine that they're going to do is, and I said this uh, earlier in the week, uh, they're going to move Loriano over to right. They'll play Canna in center, and then they can figure out left with uh, Tony Kemp and Robbie Grossman and Chad Pender. And they got three guys over there that can 
figure out left. Uh, so that's nice. And then what that does is since Tony Kemp's not going to be playing second base as much, uh, that would open up a roster spot for likely two of three players between Vimy Almachin, Franklin Barreto, and Jorge Mateo. Uh, so that means that you only have to necessarily lose one of those due to opening day roster decisions. And I assume that that's the route that they would take because uh, service time is like currency to the A's. Uh, once a player starts, we've seen it with the trade market. When a player gets to arbitration, they start thinking about trading them. I mean, that's most of the reason why they traded Josh Donaldson is because they wouldn't be able to afford him. They were only going to have him for a couple of seasons. They weren't going to be competitive in those time in that time. So that's why. Um, so service time is a big thing, and they got each of these guys have six years of service time on them. So if they could hold on to all of them, that'd be great. They're probably not going to be able to long term, but if they could hold on to, you know, let's just say Barreto and Mateo, and then one of them starts off really hot and the other one's doing just fine. And then they could probably get a little bit more in trade value for whoever they want to trade, as opposed to, Hey, we don't have room for this guy on the roster. We need to get rid of him. What will you give us? Um, and that gives them a little bit more of a negotiating chip at the trade table, in my opinion. Uh, whether or not that's true, I don't know, but that's my opinion. I'd be like, yeah, I'd give up a slightly better crappy prospect for this guy. Uh, more of like a, uh, like a lottery ticket kind of guy, somebody who throws hard or has great breaking stuff, but he can't control it. Or he's a wild child with the, with the injury issues. I don't know. Now it sounds like I'm writing movies, uh, <laughs> crappy movies. I will give it that. But, uh, like maybe one more of those guys that's supposed to, hey, this guy's in a rookie ball and he's 25, uh, which is sort of the return that we were looking at, the A's were looking at beforehand. And then if they used my idea from uh, Thursday's pod uh, episode before this one, <laughs> um, if they did the, the idea from the last episode, then they could see if they can uh, finalize a deal to actually have Vimy Almachin traded from the Cubs to the A's, even though he's already uh, with the A's organization, uh, so that they could send him to the minors, and then they're not losing any of the three potential second basemen that they got right now. And uh, they can move forward from there, give two of them a shot, let Machin get a little bit of seasoning in AAA. Maybe they could use him later on in the season, and uh, that'd be that'd be nice. Um Melissa Lockhart of The Athletic also wrote an article about this today, and she mentioned that uh, maybe the A's, since Piscotti uh, has some pop in his bat, maybe they want to go. Uh, she mentioned you know the route that I just laid out uh, with the middle infield guys and letting Kemp and everybody uh, play in the outfield, but she also said maybe they want to replace the power of Piscotti's bat a little bit more, in which case uh, Seth Brown would be probably atop that list with uh, Luis Barrera, uh, another ace prospect uh that he can play all three outfield positions seth brown can play the corners um so maybe they are options if they don't want to go the middle infield route but uh I, we both agree that middle infield is probably the way that they're going to go because service time and brown and barrera and so many other people have options sheldon noisy that's why i don't talk about him much is because he has options He's probably not going to make the opening day roster unless he goes friggin' bananas over the next three weeks. One thing that the um, article by Melissa Lucker did actually say was she was a little bit 
confused, perplexed by the A's decision to re-sign Robbie Grossman because it at like three and a half million dollars that they're paying him. It seems like a luxury that they didn't really need because they already have a lot of outfield depth. And uh, so if they were to go the Seth Brown route as an injury issue or as an injury replacement for Stephen Biscotti, then that would limit Grossman's playing time. And then why'd you get him in the first place kind of thing? Um, so that, again, leads me to believe that they're going to go with two of the three of Machine, Barreto, and Mateo. And then let itself work, and then let the whole situation work itself out with who gets traded or put on waivers or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, that that's uh, the happy note that we're ending on for this week. Uh, hopefully, you enjoy the podcast. Please uh, leave us a rating or review. I deeply appreciate the ones that we have gotten so far. Uh, they, they make me very happy. So, thank you. Um, make sure to follow us on Locked On A's on Twitter. I am by Jason B on Twitter. I have lots of fantasy baseball drafts coming up, so uh, I gotta go, you know, do that. All right, so, anyways, uh, go out there and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk with you guys next week.